0: Good morning Strong Tower Bible Church. You know what day it is. It's Resurrection Day and Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday to all of our friends near and far. Yes indeed. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Exalted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody got a praise? Thank you Jesus. For Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well now let's Get a word from the Lord. Would you turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 20? That's the Gospel of John chapter 20. Let me pray for the word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. Lord, I thank you that you are used to working with vessels of clay, marred vessels of clay, And so, Lord, uh, work with me. I am a marred vessel of clay. But I know, Lord, if you can breathe through me, just the way you breathe on me, Lord, I know you can speak to your people. So, Lord, I am your instrument in this moment. Lord, play me however you wish, that your people may hear a sound from heaven, hear a word from you that will encourage them and change their lives. We thank you that your word will not return void. So, Lord, even though I am imperfect, your word is perfect. So bless it now. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. John, chapter 20, I'll begin reading at verse 19. The Bible reads, then the same day at evening, and this is resurrection day, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, verse 20, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad when they saw the Lord. Now in these two verses, which I just read for you, there are two human emotions found. And these two emotions are polar opposites of one another. One emotion creates bondage in our lives, whereas the other emotion creates freedom in our lives. One of these emotions is proof that peace is in our lives, whereas the other emotion is proof that there is no peace in our lives. Well, what two emotions am I talking about? I'm talking about the emotion of fear that is found in verse 19, and the emotion of gladness that is found in verse 20. The disciples went from one extreme of fear to the other extreme of gladness in a matter of moments. I just want to know, is there anyone who can relate to that? I know you love God, but you still battle fear just like I battle fear. And we can slip in and out of fear uh, uh, because life is full of so many uncertainties. And when and where there are uncertainties, there is fear. And I'm here to let you know that the disciples had fear that day because they were uncertain. They were unsure. Did our Lord really rise from the dead? I know the women said that they saw him, but we went to the tomb and his body was not there. We did not see him. So they came back to the room where they had been assembled. They came back to the house and they sat there from morning all the way until evening, uncertain and unsure. And when there is uncertainty, there will be fear. And a cousin of fear is anxiety. So they're anxious. They're fearful. They are frightened. And they're in this place. And I know you can identify with that. Just like them, you love Jesus. And just like them, every now and then, especially when life is uncertain, you can find yourself anxious. And dare I say, full of fear. (laughs) Now, I'm here to let you know that in this life, there will never be an eradication of fear. Why is that? Because life is full of uncertainties and we're human and we are prone to lean on our understanding. We are prone to be ruled by what we see and not always by our faith. We're still in process as Christians. And just like them, when life becomes uncertain, we can find ourselves afraid. And with everything going on in the past several weeks with this virus that has hit the world, this pandemic, it has produced a lot of uncertainty, unsurety, instability, and as a result of that, there is fear. And we're wondering what's going to happen next, what's going to happen tomorrow. This is why we need a resurrected Savior. Because when a resurrected Savior steps in the room, everything changes. When Jesus comes in, fear must go out. And when Jesus comes in, gladness comes in. Oh, I need a fresh dose of Jesus this morning. And I pray that that is your heart's cry as well. When we look at this passage, we're going to see what Jesus does in order to turn fear into gladness. Let me say that one more time, but I'm going to add something to it. When we look at this passage, We're going to see what the resurrected Jesus does to turn fear into gladness. Oh, yeah, yeah. This day is going to end better than how it started. They started off with fear and they sat in that place for hours. But then Jesus showed up. Jesus would just show up right now in the rooms of our hearts and even in our living rooms right now. There are three things I want to point out to you from this passage. And here's the first one. Fear turns to gladness when Jesus comes into the room. <laughs> yes, sir. fear turns to gladness when Jesus comes into the room. Look at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. Fear turns to gladness when Jesus comes into the room. You see, they stayed inside because of fear. Fear caused them to stay indoors they are not walking up about freely right now. They are afraid, so they are indoors, shut in. They've locked the doors. And I know you understand how that feels to be inside. Whereas they were inside by choice out of fear, we are inside by choice from wisdom. Wisdom has us indoors, not fear. Wisdom, being wise. We love the Lord, but he also calls us to be wise right now. So we are in this quote-unquote lockdown. They were in a self-imposed lockdown and the Bible says they did that because they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jews. Why were they afraid of the Jews? They were afraid of the Jews because the Jews, that is the spiritual or religious establishment made up of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, the ones who perpetrated these false trials against Jesus so that the state could put Christ to death. And so the Jews, the people who orchestrated the death of Jesus, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they are also afraid that just as these men, these religious men killed their Savior, they may be coming to get them next. And so therefore they have shut the doors and locked themselves in. Now I've got good news today. The doors were shut up, but Jesus still showed up. He can go wherever he wants to go. But my question is, how did he get into the room? (laughs) Because it seems that he just appeared there. Well, that's what happened. He just appeared there. He didn't knock on the door. He didn't open the door and come in. He just came into the room. How could he do that? Well, his new resurrected body had no physical limitations whatsoever. Watch this miracle here. His body was physical because they could look at him. They could touch him. And in in another gospel, he's going to eat some fish with them. So he was physical, but that resurrection body could also become physical immaterial, meaning that he could walk through a wall. He could later in the book of Acts step on a cloud and ascend to heaven. Look at the body of Christ. And the Bible says that when we see the Lord, we're going to get a body just like his, a body that can be material or physical and immaterial also. My God, I'm going to have fun with my new body. I don't know about you. (laughs) But right now, Lord, I need you to bless this old broken down body till I get my new one. And the Lord says, Chris, I'm right here. Let me come on into the room. Jesus initiated contact with them. There they are sitting in their fear, being crippled by their fear all day long. Uncertainty is off the charts. And here comes the Lord coming to them initiating contact and isn't that how it always is we don't seek after him he seeks after us we didn't find Jesus help me out somebody Jesus found us and he knows exactly where you are right now I don't know what you're hiding from I don't know what's caused you to be afraid but there is a God who'll come to you for God so loved the world that he gave his son the Lord always initiates contact. He always finds lost sinners. And I'm so glad he found me and he still finds me every day. He comes to me. <laughs> had Jesus not come, can you imagine what the rest of their day, more so what the rest of their lives would have been like had he not come to them? But I'm so glad he came. He came into that room And the entire atmosphere and environment of the room shifted because the Savior was present. That's why in your home, when Jesus, his spirit is presence, when we praise him and worship him and honor him, his spirit is present in our homes. And when Jesus is present in our homes, chaos cannot have the final word. Chaos cannot exist when the one who created the cosmos is there. And so when Jesus is there, there's a different atmosphere, a different environment. Fear cannot stay where Jesus rules and reigns. He's about to turn fear into gladness. So if you are seeking the Lord, don't go to the grave. He's not there. I tell you what, open up your heart and he will come to you. (laughs) He'll come to you and make his presence known. Secondly fear turns to gladness when Jesus speaks. Look at verse 19. The Bible says that they were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said. In other words, he spoke. What did he say? He said to them, "Peace be with you." Peace be with you. So this means that Jesus just didn't show up, but he also spoke up and he came into that room with a word that they needed to hear. Jesus knew what they needed. Why? Because they were wrestling with fear and anxiety all day long. And so he had the remedy for them. Not only would he come into the room as the prince of peace, But he spoke to them in that room and gave them peace. The living word gave them a rhema word. I'm so glad that God speaks to us, especially when we need a word, when he knows exactly what we need to hear. And he knew that they needed to hear peace. And peace means tranquility. Peace means stability. Peace uh, is is a feeling that comes as a result of a focus That's on the Lord. It smooths you out. And this is not a peace that the world gives. It's a peace that can only come from God. It is a supernatural gift from God. That when you should be all over the place. His peace calms you. Very much like when they were on the Sea of Galilee. And they were in the midst of a storm. And the boat was rocking and tossing and turning. So much so that these fishermen. Who are used to storms. But not a storm like this. Thought they were going to die. So they awakened Jesus and said, Master, carest thou not? I'm going King James. Carest thou not that we perish? And the Bible says that Jesus woke up and he said, Peace, be still. He put a muzzle on the storm. And the Bible lets us know that they looked at Christ after he calmed that storm and said, What manner of man is this? One moment we're afraid of the storm. Now we're afraid of the one, we respect the one who told that storm to be quiet. Jesus knows how to speak peace. When we're struggling, when we're tossed and we're going all over the place, thank God for that. And he showed up and he spoke to them and said, have peace. Now the Lord knows our frame. He knows that we're dust. And he also knows that peace is like bad weather. It comes one day and it's good and then it goes the next day. You ever had a good day, you know, it's sunny outside? Well, it's not going to stay that way all the time. There's going to be some bad days and peace will come and peace will go. But here's the good news. Jesus remains the same. And this is why he had to speak peace to them again. In verse 21, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. And this time there's an exclamation point on there. In other words, peace to you, brothers and sisters, peace. And God knows he speaks peace one time and we get calm. Then we take our eyes off the Lord and look at the storm, the wind and the waves, and we start to sink. And here he comes again. and He speaks peace again. So I come to you right now in the name of Jesus and I speak peace to you and I speak peace to you again. Nothing can harm you. Nothing can come against you. God is in control of the storm. He never lost control. Trust the one who has all control. May he speak peace to your heart right now today. And then thirdly and finally, when the Lord comes into the room, not only will he turn your fear into gladness by speaking peace, but he will also turn fear into gladness when he shows you His wounds. You see Jesus was in the midst or in the middle of the room which meant that he was the center of attention in the room. Now consider the room to be like your heart where Jesus needs to be and he ought to be and he rightfully deserves to be the center of attention in the room of your heart in the room of your life in your living room right now he deserves to be in the middle not off to the side somewhere not an addendum added on later you know like a lucky charm or rabbit's foot we're gonna grab Jesus no he's the center of our lives and as Richard Smallwood would say he then becomes the center of our joy I know you don't believe me so I'm gonna read it for you at verse 19 It says that Jesus came into the room and stood in the midst. He stood in the middle. And by standing in the middle, that meant that all eyes were on him. He knew they needed to see him. So he stood in the middle. And when our eyes are on the Lord, guess what? Fear loses its power. So when our eyes are focusing on Jesus... We can't focus on fear. And since they were looking at him, and since they were preoccupied with him. Remember now, they're seeing him for the first time since he was crucified. And they are full of wonder. And they're looking at him. And once again, fear has no place when we're focusing on the Lord. So this is a beautiful Intimate moment. And as they're looking at him, Jesus says, let's go a little further and I'm going to show you something. Lord, what are you going to show them? I'm going to show you my wounds now. Come a little closer. Look at the wounds in my hands. Look at the wound in my side. And that's the beautiful thing about intimacy with the Lord. He wants to take us deeper and deeper and deeper with him. So that we're learning new thoughts and new things, new dimensions about Jesus. So it's one thing for him to be in the middle, but he wants to show us more. He wants to show us his wounds because it's through those wounds that we find our freedom. Especially our freedom from fear because it's by those stripes that we're healed. I know somebody's thinking, wait a minute, pastor, Jesus has a resurrected body. A new body. Why does his body still have scars in the hands and in the side? Why? Well, I want to let you know something. Jesus will be the only person in heaven for all eternity who will bear marks and scars in his body, meaning that you and I will not bear scars in our new bodies. Now I've got a scar on my knee. A scar on my ankle. A scar on my chin. A scar on my hand. all these scars. But when I get to heaven. There won't be any scars on my new body. And there won't be any scars on your body. Somebody is really happy about that. But there will be scars. On his body. Why is that? Well number one. Those scars are there to remind us. In heaven. And in the new Jerusalem. Of the price of our redemption because had Jesus not had scars in heaven we might start thinking we're there because of our own good works (laughs) no 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 we'll forever be reminded of the cost of our salvation when we look to the lamb and worship him and he will look as a lamb having been slain we'll be reminded of the cost of our redemption but not only that It will also give us a reason to praise him (laughs) throughout all eternity. We will always have a reason to praise Jesus. When we look at his hands, when we look at his feet, when we look at his side, we'll say, thank you, Jesus. But guess what? We don't have to wait to get there to praise him. We can praise him right now for all that he's done. And let me throw this in at you for free. Because of his scars, we don't need to be scared. Did you hear that? Because of his scars, we don't need to be scared. Because if God gave us Jesus to deliver us ultimately from death, separation from him, nothing can come between us and God because of the scars of Jesus, his body, his blood to redeem us once and for all. We don't need to be afraid of anything when it comes down to it. So because of his scars, I'm not scared. Ah, because of his scars. I'm not scared. You don't need to be scared because of his scars. God showed you his love through the scars, the hands of Jesus Christ. So trust him. Don't put your faith in what's causing you to be anxious right now. Trust him, lean on him. So we've seen today that the disciples needed what we need. They needed a resurrected Jesus to come into the house. We need a resurrected Jesus to come into the house. And when he does, he turns fear into gladness. He does this by coming to us, by speaking peace to us, and showing us his wounds. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you something. In about 50 days, they're going to leave that room. In about 50 days, they're going to leave that house that they're cooped up in. Because on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is going to fall. And Jesus told them, wait in that house, wait in that room until power comes. And when the power came upon the church, those early believers in that room, that upper room, they went outside and the world was never the same. They flipped the world upside down. Listen, we're we're waiting right now to go out. But I hope and pray that when we do go out, we will be different because of the one we spent time with on the inside. Beholding him, trusting him, listening to him, being still before him, being reinvigorated and empowered by him so that when this thing is over and we leave our houses, the world will know that we encountered someone indoors that has caused us to go outdoors and turn the world upside down for the name of Jesus Christ. May that be your testimony, and I pray that's my testimony. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for how relevant the scriptures are. Thank you for how real and how present our Savior is. Lord, come into every house, come into every heart, come into every room. Change us. Speak peace, Lord. Show us your wounds. Change our lives. We love you. And if there's someone here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're watching, ask him into your heart right now and watch him change your life. You will become a new person. Say, Lord Jesus, be my savior. Jesus, I believe in you. I need you. Jesus, save me. And he will do just that. He will not only save you, but he'll change you one day at a time by his grace. If you made that decision to trust Jesus, man, DM me, inbox me, hit me up so I can celebrate with you and the angels in heaven.